Are you interested in learning more about how EOS can help you run a better business, become a better leader, and live a better life? Stay tuned for all the ways you can jumpstart your journey on EOS. The things I learned the most while self-implementing is ask questions. And if you have one, you are not alone. Another thousand people out there are wondering the same question. When in doubt, go to the book. The book's very well written. And the system is so fundamental. It, it really, I mean, everything in the entire business, everything fits into one of these six pieces of the pie. It's all there. And, and so if you're starting out, if you're self-implementing, ask for help, stick to the basics. That's Alex Gertzberg. Managing Partner and Visionary at Gertzberg Lakata, and Founder and CEO of Cover My Six. Alex is a practicing attorney, managing partner, and a flaming visionary who was groomed to see and live life differently from a very early age. I'm an immigrant. I was born in Moldova. It's this little sliver of land nestled between Romania, the Ukraine, and Russia, and the Black Sea is at the bottom. Alex came over as a part of an influx of Jewish immigrants in the 70s, setting down roots with his family in the Midwest. And my dad was the first entrepreneur that I knew because it didn't take long for him to realize that he was unemployable in the United States of America, just didn't really want to work mm -hmm. for anybody but himself. And so within a few years, he had learned the language and gone, put himself through business school and started a, a cabinet making business in tropical Cleveland, Ohio. Welcome to We Run on EOS. I'm your host, Pam Kosenke. Today's episode really nails home the idea of self-evaluation and understanding who you are and how you got there. By the end of this episode, you'll not only be inspired, but you'll be compelled to do two things. One, proactively ask for help coming from a place of strength. And two, get back to basics. Trust me, but more on that soon. To begin, Alex reflects on growing up when he didn't feel like he belonged. Growing up as an immigrant kid, you really get constant reminders of how different you are because your parents have an accent and you're wearing all these hand-me-down clothes and you can't afford anything. And just you're just constantly aware of how different you are from everyone else. And that has been both a blessing and a curse throughout a, a large part of my life. If you want to have a therapy session at some point today, Pam. No, I honestly, no, this is resonating. I get, I totally hear you. And I could, we could speak about for four or five hours, but I would love to hear more about all of this, but keep going. Yeah. Well, and so just, I learned how to be learned about entrepreneurship from my dad, wanted to be a business lawyer or wanted to be a lawyer because I used to watch LA law and I used to want to be Arnie Becker really bad. Okay. And went to law school and went to work for a couple of large regional law firms here in Cleveland afterwards. I went, I'd gone to college on an army ROTC scholarship. So while I was oh, working, wow. I went to Iraq uh, for a year and thank you. 
Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. Great leadership training really helped me grow up really fast too. Cause I, and, and Lord knows I needed it, hmm. but then came back, did more work for the, for the firms doing litigation, went to work in-house as general in-house counsel for a telecom company. While I'm there, I realized that I didn't know anything about telecom law but that I didn't need to know that much about it so long as I knew that there were only six plaintiffs who could sue a business. And it just kind of, it was just this aha moment that that's how I can keep any business out of court is by just creating this like compliance system around those six plaintiffs. So, like, like a fort. Yeah, yeah. a six-sided fort. Yeah. So, so fun fact, Pam, the only six plaintiffs who can sue a business our customers, vendors, employees, shareholders, the government. Government. Ah, I got and it. So that's that's where Cover My Six came from. Is we we created this like audit system to keep any business of any size in any industry out of the courtroom by sort of reverse engineering who can sue you into what they can sue you for into how to prevent those claims. Wow. So then I started my own law firm, joined EO learned about EOS from EO and Strategic Coach. So then implemented EOS, started a Facebook group about self-implementing, and then now we have four companies here, a law firm, Cover My Six, an M&A firm, and an executive search firm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so you're like a, well, you're a classic entrepreneur. You're a visionary. You had me at when you you said your father was unemployable. I mean, for different reasons, but like, I think there's a lot of people that actually resonate yeah. with that word who are entrepreneurial visionaries saying, I actually can't be employed by anybody. So I'm going to make something and create something better and figure it out as I go. So yeah. you've clearly been able to do that in spades. Thanks. Yeah. You know, one thing about us, Pam, I think that every one of us who started our own businesses reached an inflection point where we decided we could keep getting a steady paycheck, but we will always have a ceiling to what we can do creatively and how much we can grow. Yeah. But that security is fine. That safe paycheck is totally, totally cool. But then some number of us said, I'm going to trade that in for yep. unlimited risk <laughs> and unlimited upside mm -hmm. and a lot more stress. <laughs> But that's the trade-off. It's And it's this needle that I think we all sort of oscillate on the spectrum between one end and the other. And then at some point, you're just like, I'm going to turn it all the way this way. And then you just dive. I'm reading a book called Chaos by James Gleick. And I've been reminded about how small changes can have such a big impact and how to really embrace surprises in life and in business. Alex cites some influential reads as well. One is I picked up a book called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Jim Detmer. So good. That book's a game changer. That was one of those like, holy crap, this, is, this book is like, how did they get in my head and how are they reading my inner monologue right now? It's so good that we, some of us in EO who have read it have started a, a reading group around it so that it forces us to keep rereading and talking about it. But so that was one. Stumbling upon meditation was another one. Starting to go to meditation retreats. There's this muscle in your brain that you can build and it, and the stronger that muscle gets, the more resilient you are and the more able you are to listen to your own thoughts and see them as thoughts, see the emotions come up without becoming the thought, becoming- Observing. The, observing, yes. So meditation was- I would say that 
to the extent that I have any success today in with and in emotional intelligence, I would attribute a good 60% of that to just meditating on a regular basis. But even with all the best books and the best self-development tools out there, you know what? Stress just still shows up. Like how I misinterpreted an email the other day and called up a colleague in complete frustration only to have us both realize that I was inflating my concerns for other reasons and totally misdirecting negative energy. It was pretty bad. I have grown so much in a lot of different ways. One is the things that you, the things that you think are stressful when you read back at the things you were stressed <laughs> out about a year ago, three months ago, 10 years ago, and you're like, oh man, I was killing myself with stress over this thing and it all turned out totally fine. That is everything. That's everything you've ever stressed out about. Totally. You know what? I have a good friend that used to, God, I forget how he came across this, but he started to flip all of his fears and anxiety into an idea around a movie, meaning we know how the movie ends. Let's say the movie ends in a way that things get tidy bow wrapped up. Everybody wins. Something yeah. happens. It all comes back around. But if you don't know how the movie ends, you're freaking out along the way. So in his mind, yeah. he switched it to, I'm going to play the movie where it, it all works out, even if it's troubling in between. Yes. And it completely changed the way he focused on all of the things, right? It's really fascinating. And I, it sounds like you're part of what you're talking about is, is a gap and gain kind of deal, yes. right? So strategic coach, Dan Sullivan. Yeah. I, I, it sounds like you're a member. What an incredible, beautiful book that's so simple, seems obvious, but oh my God, we should practice it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so that is one example. That's such a great example too. I love the gap and the gain concept. The, the concept of the gap and the gain <laughs> is that if you are stressed... so. There, everyone has an ideal of whatever it is, an ideal project, an ideal version of themselves, an ideal relationship. But, and everyone, you have that. It's part of our hard wiring as humans. But the ideal is this illusion. It's a moving target. You never actually get there. It's like walking towards the horizon, right? Because right when you think you're there, you get another ideal. You get another, right? So that creates fodder for disappointment because you're never actually hitting the, your goals your big goals for yourself. The, so the way to measure yourself is by looking backwards. Backwards. From where you started, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. if you measure from there, you'll always be happy and optimistic because you've come so far in your life. Everyone has. So I've been in strategic coach for almost seven years now. And gap in the gain is one of like it's one tool in this massive toolbox, some from strategic coach, some from EOS, some from mm -hmm. EO, some from just conscious leadership, right? But you start putting these tools in there. And when I journal, I apply those tools in my journal. Ah. And, you know, like something as basic as, all right, you're stressed out or you're having an anxiety attack write down five things that you're super grateful for that you haven't mm -hmm. thought about in a long time. Just like that's one tool, Yep. you know? Yep. And a, to, so this gets back to the journal. To me, a journal is like that repository for positive thinking and emotional intelligence and problem solving and processing. And it's interesting, and then I'm going to shut up about it. The way you described how you write stuff down as fragments I think about this a lot, Pam. I think that our brains 
have a give us a subconscious trigger as we're walking down the street or we're in the shower or driving this is important i should write this down and so i have a scratch pad in my apple notes and i write stuff down and then that turns into my journals later but we all have that everyone's entrepreneurial journey is different maybe you have an eos implementer and maybe you don't maybe you're considering one Alex, being, quote, frugal, decided to start his EOS journey self-implementing, and it brought him places he never would have predicted. And the self-proclaimed frugal part is a total farce, by the way. We had a good laugh as I pointed out to him all of the impressive ways he's investing significantly in himself and his business to learn and grow. He's not frugal. He understands ROI. What started me down the self-implementation route is the fact that I'm just incredibly cheap, Pam. <laughs> just painfully, excruciatingly okay. cheap. And so it's what, like, this must have been like five years ago, maybe. Yeah. I was in Strategic Coach. That's where I, between Strategic Coach and EO is where I really heard about EOS. And I read Traction. And I went chapter by chapter and self-implemented that way. But first I called the implementers I knew and just at, and I took them out to lunch and I asked them, give me your top five tips and your top five pitfalls that you see over and over again with your clients. And what I love, man, what I really have always appreciated about EOS is how giving the organization is and the implementers are. Like, so Gene Roberts, Ron Kaminsky, those were my first two guy go-to guys. Eventually, I, I met Chris. Chris Snyder is our current implementer. So you you went and did the like, give me all the ways I can yeah. screw up and the way I can succeed on this. Right. So I started. Yeah. So I, after talking to them, and then and they were so generous. And then EOS Worldwide. I'm on the I'm on your website, and it's like all this free stuff. Like yeah. Every form is there, and there's all these blogs, and I'm just loving it. And so. After some point, I was like, well, I wonder what communities are out there among other self-implementers, and I found exactly zero of them. And hmm. so um, I started a Facebook group called EOS Self-Implementers Unite. And man, most things that I start, Pam, are just like crickets. But yeah, this one really took off. And I think there's like 4,000 people on there now. But everyone was, it's, it was the same thing. It was like everybody was so generous and then implementers joined and they were so generous with their advice. The self implementers were all like cross pollinating and uh, yeah, and now it's a thing. And now here I am and I'm like in strategic coach sitting next to Gino Wickman like a few yeah. months ago. And I'm just like, I can't talk about measuring backwards. Like here we are, I'm talking to you right now. Here we are. And it's just been such an incredible journey from back then. It's just That's nuts. Amazing. So when you, so you, so I understand you're cheap. Totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> or someone would say you're, you're, you're responsible and you're smart, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. So talk to me actually about the, the, your, when you went into self-implementing mode, um, what were some of the challenges? What were some, what's yeah. some of the advice that you can give to people, uh, about who are trying to do it on their own? And what was that moment where you're like, God, I, we want to invest again in an implementer and we think the ROI is clearly there. 
which yeah. coming from you, yeah. we're going to know it's there. Yeah. So it's really come full circle. So the biggest thing I learned, the, the things I learned the most while self-implementing is ask questions. And if you have one, you are not alone. Another thousand people out there are wondering the same question. What has been really cool about Self-Implementers Unite is you can Google your question, right? And then it's static. And then whatever the SEO machine gives you, you get. But if you can exchange that for real-time communications with peer groups, with other EOS self-implementers and with implementers, it's just orders of magnitude, better quality advice. So ask questions is the first thing. I got really good advice from both Ron and Gene, and it is when in doubt, go to the book. The book's well-written and avoid the need to add bells and whistles. If you, right, like the book is so, and the system is so fundamental. It, it really, I mean, everything in the entire business, everything fits into one of these six pieces of the pie. And inside of each of the pieces of the pie, there's only like two or three bullets, right? So like it's it's all there. And, and so stick to the, if you're starting out, if you're self-implementing, ask for help, stick to the basics. That's the best advice I can get. What brought me to back to- Actually, by the way, yeah. Yeah. even when you're a master, ask for help and stick to the basics. Yeah. <laughs> it's like chop wood, carry water before enlightenment uh, and chop wood, carry water after enlightenment. Same thing. So good. You said it perfectly. That's so good. That's such a great, man, that's true for just life, Pam. As your business grows and changes, so do your support needs. For Alex, that meant getting some outside perspective and hiring a person to help evaluate his business. Yeah, so we went along doing our own thing, following the book, listening to other people's advice. And then we spun off, we started spinning off companies and the mm -hmm. complexity of our organization just surpassed us, just left, mm -hmm. we just couldn't keep up. And then we discovered 90, we became users and clients of 90 before I met Chris Snyder. And then I met Chris Snyder in EO. So his first session with us, it was a, a minute, just kind of a, it was a back and forth Q and A. He, basically, he did a really good job gauging where we were in the journey. It's kind of like the organizational checkup. We did it with Chris in live conversation but then he also used that 90 minutes to, and I actually, I think we went well over 90 minutes to manage our expectations, to answer our questions. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this very collaborative, here's where we are. Chris is also really good about saying, here's my process. This is how it's going to go. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I love that. He's managing expectations. Yeah. 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 He's like, this is the way I roll. This is so, the way it happens. I hope you're cool with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that was that session. And it was, and we walked out of it and we were like, all right, well, let's get the next one on the books immediately. You know what I love about that? That 90 minute meeting is, and that's what we call it in our self, in our implementer world. I think about it as, at least for self implementers, is to say, where are you at in the zoo? You're in the map and you're like, you are here. It's orienting you within this journey of EOS mastery, which is a never ending journey. 
And it's an assessment of at least if this is what it's supposed to look like, nirvana of some sort, where are you and how do we help get you from point A to B and wherever you want on your journey? So what a great start. Okay. Today's episode is sponsored by 90. Building a great company running on one operating system is forever work. Teams work smarter and more effectively together when they're running on EOS, powered by 90. 90 is the only official licensed software for EOS. Start your free trial today. So you take the 90 minute meeting and then what happens next? Yeah. So, and then yeah, another great thing about Chris is it's, he's a coach. It's so interesting because he's got, first of all, he's an entrepreneur Mm. Just oozing, oozing, just secreting entrepreneurship. <laughs> right? entrepreneurship. Yeah. Well played, by the way. Good. Yeah. So, so he's done it. He's been there. He's exited. He's restarted. Same thing for Gene Roberts. Same thing yeah. for Ron Kaminsky. Yeah. I yeah. love working with people who walk the walk, right? Who have started their own businesses, who have been entrepreneurs. And all three of the ones that I've worked with at, at, for any period of time have done that. And so Chris, I mean, y- you just can't find a better role model, right? And he's got a, and, and he's got a software that plays with EOS. He's on my advisory board for cover my six. I feel like it's just a matter of time when he's just like, all right, listen, Alex, we're just too, there's too much interaction here. <laughs> need to, I'm afraid you're going to show up on my doorstep with like, right, right. You know. Yeah. So he's just giving and he's holistic in, in how he thinks about our businesses as a whole, the people yeah. in the businesses, the technology. And he did, a session. did he do a session with you, yeah. a self-implementer session? Yeah. Uh, like a full day. Yeah, a full day. Yep. Awesome. I, I think just like, help me take us through a little bit of that, because yep. I think some people don't know that implementers are, are there to help yeah. do that, whether you move forward with them or not. So the last one we had was in between quarterlies. It was, I think like three weeks ago hmm. and generally followed the quarterly meeting agenda, right? Expectations, segue, scorecard issue, like rocks issues, right? We just kind of went through it. And Chris told us, listen, here's part of my process. I don't care that you've been doing this for seven years or six years, right? Some of this is going to feel like you're going backwards a little bit, but it's methodical and we need to do it. And I'm really glad that he did. And so we did go over some of the basics, some of the fundamentals, but because we have self-implemented for years, for the last few years, that process was probably faster than accelerated. Yeah. Yeah. Than if we had never, if we didn't know anything about it. So yeah, it was just this nice interplay between basics and fundamentals and then advanced accelerated stuff. So he and I know each other through EO been in EO Cleveland. I think I joined in 2007. That's how we kind of knew each other as entrepreneurs before the the EOS, you know, implementation uh, was a thing for me. And then along those interactions and those points, as I started doing my EOS work in 2018, just really started talking to all the people in the EOS community about where they're at, were they trying, were they not, those types of things. That was Chris Snyder, a professional EOS implementer and somebody I went to implement our bootcamp with back in 2018, by the way, reflecting on when he first became aware of Alex. 
I was probably more aware when he had formed the uh, Facebook group. Right. And, and started to try to unpack like whose group was this, right? Like it seemingly mm-hmm. was, was being done in a really well way, lots of healthiness going on. And when I mean help, healthiness payments, it's trying to not shut down self-implementation. It's trying yeah. to build it up because I see yeah. that happen and it really breaks my heart because it's not, there's so much goodness in it. Even if you, in his case, you've worked with a, a professional you know, implementer certified along the way to do the implementation, it doesn't mean that your path is the same path as everyone. We believe it can be <laughs> one way, but yeah. there's graduation, there's transition, and maybe stages in time get you out of whack and you want to come back at some point or self-implementation yep. on the table. Why not be open to it, right? I think that's, that's right. We want- that's why we have the book Traction. It is the Bible. You could pick up that book and get started right away, download some tools and go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so my, my intersection with Alex, at some point, we started talking about things he was working on, things I could be helpful for, right? And I think that open-mindedness over the course of what's been, I don't know, years, right, was when he called me one day and said, hey, I think I think we're to the place where I think we need to re-engage with somebody. He had just done an, a merger of his business with another business. Mm-hmm. And it got two visionaries, Pam. I don't know if he said that out loud to you. He did not. He did not admit. But he did say it got complicated with some of the acquisitions and some growth and new more companies. I'm like, okay, you're getting complicated now. Got it. Yep. He's got, because he's got that portfolio mind, the entrepreneur portfolio mind, right? He's he's not done building with the one thing. He he sees other opportunities. (laughs) And so then that becomes part of that. So, so he reached out and asked if he actually did the, could, would you support a quarterly? And of course I said, no, but we can do a 90 minute meeting <laughs> and judge from there because I can't, as we just described. So we did the 90 minute meeting with his team that came out, I think really strong that there was lots of opportunities to, to top off the tools. So we did a self-implementer day because you know, I didn't want to just jump into a quarterly. I thought there were some good opportunities. Again, some of this was kind of a continuation from the merger and getting the accountability chart work right, understanding how to really get our level 10s where they need to be. You could see some some opportunities around rocks from what we were doing there. So it really was like, hey, let's do a self-implementer day. And then let's we can do quarterly after that. But that was the right thing. Whether you want to self-implement or hire an EOS implementer is up to you. But it can be hard to make a decision because you don't know what you don't know. If you're unsure or on the fence, Chris highlights what an EOS 90-minute meeting looks like and brings up three very telling questions you should ask yourself. So uh, whether you're thinking you want to do a professional implementation with an EOS implementer or you want to self-implement, it is kind of our guidance, right, that you go through a 90-minute meeting. And there's it's a help-first moment. It doesn't cost anything. It's 90 minutes of your time, your leadership team's time with an EOS implementer. And what we're going to do is you go through who is... EOS and, and you get to learn a little bit about the implementer. That's really not the point of it though, because we're going to assume a good bit. So it goes pretty quickly. And then we spend a decent amount of time unpacking where you're at in your journey. We ask some really fun questions. We get to learn a lot about context. And then we spend the bulk of that time then going through the six key components of EOS, right? And some of the tools that we think will be most helpful. What I have found, Payment, when we're doing that kind of the pass around the wheel is you can start to unpack where they're at in their journey. And you can start to learn and give a little bit of a perspective to them about what would be different if they actually hired an EOS implementer and how would that, that journey go. So that's what my recommendation is when someone says, hey, here's where we're at. Could you just start? Maybe you're going to do a quarterly. Maybe they want you to do an annual. I can't do that until we have the 90-minute meeting so I can understand how to be helpful or not. Yeah. yeah. That's really been... My, the number one thing you find quickly in that 90-minute meeting is, for those who also don't know, there's three really impactful questions we get to ask. For me, there's lots of good ones. But the ones that you find when you get to the, we ask them to rate things one to 10, 
right? So the first one is on your meetings on a one to 10 scale, how are we doing? And you'll sometimes find somebody's like, we're a nine. Someone's like, we're a two. And I'm like, you're having a different set of experiences, right? And if you're rating your meetings every week in a level 10 format, this shouldn't be hard. You should just know. And then there's, the honesty kicks in. There's somewhere between four to six, right? And then you get to ask the question, what would your world be like if you're actually running a 10? And then you, because mm-hmm. that opportunity when they see, they just don't know what a 10 looks like yet because they can only see what they see. But what they do know is there's lack of alignment. Right. And then you kind of move into that next question, which is really around alignment to the plan. How well are we aligned? You get a one to 10 again. And it's really trying to get the whole organization. We love shared by all, followed by all. And if we, you know, we don't really have that plan and alignment to it, then we're probably not heading the right direction fast enough and in the right way. Because alignment's harder yeah. than meetings because we got so many, you know, 30 people in the organization. Does everyone really understand? So we get those questions. Yeah. And then accountability. This is the next one. We get to rate one to 10, right? How are we doing on accountability? And that's really when it's, it's a great setup as you get there and you go, really not just talking about this team, right? And you'll see, we're all really good at accountable. We're highly accountable, but the people aren't. And it's like, how good the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization team. Yeah. Right? yeah. So how can- we're awesome, but everybody else is not so awesome. <laughs> like, so I think we when we get to the accountability chart tool, let's talk about how well that's been implemented because we might have some challenges there if we think there are two and we're nine. Like something's yeah, not yeah. working here. Oh. Chris, I, I think about this meeting and, and anytime we're intercepting and talking with people who are self-implementing the U.S., it's like uh, you're at the zoo and you're looking at the zoo map and you're like, you are here. Right. <laughs> you know, you're know, trying to orient people through, uh, in, in where they are in this massive world of, of this journey, this never ending journey of mastering EOS implementation and getting more of what you want from your business. And so helping people understand just where they are within the zoo <laughs> of building your business. That's just a critical step. And so I did a focus day last Thursday. And what I loved about this focus day is we actually had multiple people that had implemented EOS different organizations. And you had one person who brought the book with the little earmarks on it or whatever, ready to, to quote. <laughs> As an implementer, you're like, this is oh, no. awesome. <laughs> right? like a set of experiences. It's been one self-implemented, one was professionally implemented. The other person has been working hard on it, right? And so you get to then go into that, <laughs> you get to enter the danger because this is going to be an interesting ride. But the, the moment that sometimes you don't get in self, self-implementation is that question of the journey. And are you committed to being the best version and getting the team to really buy in or not buy in? Like, hey, look, your answer is your answer. But as a team, there's going to be a time when this gets hard because it just does. And if you're not committed to the mastery, right, and the path, as we talked about joking a little bit before, it's a forever work, right? The implementation shouldn't be forever. But once it's running, it is. And the, the, that commitment to each other and the team was super impressive because they, I think they'd been through it in different ways. They yeah. were bought in and now it was just buying in as a team to make it work. And when you meet those and you go, have we committed ourselves to mastery? I asked that in the 90 minute meeting for self-implementers and often they don't know what I'm talking about. It's like the two requirements of simply wanting to be a great leader is actually committing to be a great leader and understanding what that is in the first place. And then the second thing is to care about your people. And it's an amazing kind of simple two requirements. But if any of those are not, if either of those are missing, you're already off to the wrong start when it, as it relates to committing to a system. It's critical. So tell us clearly self-implementation works and it can work. And we want to help people get the most out of the system so that they can live their ideal lives and get what they want. So what, give me a, give the audience a sense of what it takes to be a great self implementer in your mind. 
well, I think somebody has to be the champion, right? Like somebody has to decide if you're going to do this through self-implementation, then someone's going to dedicate energy, time, focus, right? To be the champion. And hopefully they are doing the accountability chart. It's going to be a role and responsibility in there, right? I'd yeah. love to see that when you ask for a self-implementer's accountability chart and they're looking for feedback on their tools, I go right there, Pam. And if I can't find one, it's like, guys, you got to call it out, right? It takes time. Yep. And if it's not really understood for clarity around that's an accountability component, hopefully it's their integrator. Sometimes it's not, uh, but hopefully it is, right? And then you can see that they're dedicating that amount of energy and effort to being successful at it. That's right. Um, so you definitely want to see that coming from it. I think the next part, the, the commitments to, to care and, and to be great leaders, you know, we think about it as that alignment aspect. Are we aligned to what we're building and do we have clarity in the eight, in the eight questions? Right. Mm-hmm. And those eight questions, again, are forever works. They get revisited on a quarterly basis. And if we're not, if it's really still living in one person's head, the visionary's head, I yeah. like to think about those as focus filters. Yeah. What are we not going to do today? And if I can't look at that coming off the, the vision side of the VTO, then I'm going to have challenges. That commitment to the VTO is really, it's really telling. It's a hell yes or it's a hell no. It's every single word on the page or it's or it's nothing. And so oftentimes if there's literally no discussion around the VTO, I'm like, red flag. Like, how are we challenging? How are we inspecting this? Are we truly bought into this or are we reading this with lip service and kind of just going along to get along. So yep. I, I, that was a great point about just the, the eight key questions, making sure there's ultimate commitment to those things. Yeah. Sometimes the visionary went off on, on a break, hopefully a clarity break someplace. And they came back and they didn't create buy-in for it because they didn't mm-hmm. come through the implementation process and in that way to, to step them through it. They just came back and they showed up and they're like, Hey, I filled this out. We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, Here's the answer. This is where we're going. You, you good? Uh, here's your values. I just gave them to you. <laughs> yeah, sign them up, throw them on the wall. Let's go. And that buy-in moment is important as they, if they came through, yeah. even as a self-implementer, right? People often think, well, those, those three days we love to talk about focus day, vision building one, vision building two, those are for EOS professional implementation. It's like, yeah. No, they're not. Those are your days, right? Even yeah. yourself, yeah. those are your days. You should still use all the tools and run them the right way because you're going to find the value in them if you just kind of buy in. Chris, you're making me think of one of the hardest lessons that I ever learned in my entire uh, adult kind of work career. And that was how we do things is sometimes more important than what we do. And so to that point of showing up with all the answers, you've lost, lost. the war. You can't just tell people what it is. You have to take them along the process. You have to get their buy-in and you have to have the humility to know that you don't have all the answers. And actually people in the room adding input and and providing perspective is going to make that better. Yeah. So it's important process. Well, and it depends on the size of the organization, the stage of of development that they're in. But let's say Mm -hmm. you're, you're a 30 person Homer modeler, right? Like you've got a lot of context there that's beyond a visionary at that stage. You just yep. do. And to walk away from the context will, will really hurt the implementation because you, if you're open enough to say, let's, it's not the one answer we have, but we can arrive at one answer, we can just do that together. Let's open it up. Everything comes back to the basics. And EOS tools are here to help you. But even when you know your leadership team is on track, the rest of your team might not be. Chris reminds us about the importance of having your entire company run on one operating system using the same language and tools, and gives us some ways to ensure a high quality rollout of EOS to all. And that can include the use of software. 
I split my time between the EOS implementation and the work I do at 90, which obviously is the, the only licensed provider of EOS software, right? That's my plug there. Yes, yeah. you so, do it. Go and, for it. But that helps, right? Because now they can actually see at the at the department level, how are those L10 meetings running, right? And, and where I've seen self-implementation really struggle is not the leadership sometimes, it's the rest of the organization because who has time? But if I have tools that can help me, then it's not just a function of time. I can cascade messages better, right? I can actually get the rocks and, and I can have transparency to the VTO and the accountability chart. And those those are free observer seats. That way they still have the visibility. So there's no cost even to have them as an observer inside the system, but they can see their accountability chart. They can see the VTO as the leadership team has designed it. And we're in pursuit of getting that alignment, right? Um, and yep. we're trying to get to shared and followed by all, which is the power of the system that you often don't see inside some of these self-implementers. Um, and that's where they're, that's kind of part of, sometimes it's why they're hitting the ceiling is because we've got, we're trying to run on one operating system, the US operating system throughout, but we're not because we've yep. gotten throughout some of these companies as they've grown, especially when they do mergers, right? It's like, well, we, do we have everybody on the same page? And how do we yep. know that? Which is a very fair question, even as an implementer. You've probably experienced this. I know what the leadership team's doing, but how do I know what the rest of the team's doing? Yeah, and same language, right? One operating system and same language throughout. And and oftentimes software for sure is going to help with just that simple frequency and reminder of practicing the tools, looking at the tools, using the language that is around EOS. We don't always set the context for the rest of the organization to understand the why behind everything we do. Any final comments around self-implementing or Alex and your relationship with him? I, I want to say, Pam, because it's work you guys are doing that I'm, I'm super excited about and supportive of is that we run on EOS directory. Like, ah, yes, good point. <laughs> there is, if you're self-implementing, I think there's an awareness to this, but to know that there's benefit to. You're putting yourself out there, whether you want to call it the good housekeeping seal. What I know from you know, firsthand world experience is that people want to do business with other people that they can easily understand. And when you already share a commonality of experience and language and how you've been building your business. And remember, we know EOS isn't what makes your business special. It just makes it run really effectively well. And you bring in what makes it special, right? But when other people see that, then they can hear that. And I think we just see a lot of businesses building together on a basis and an understanding of EOS. And then my last comment on the Facebook group and self-implementing, I think hopefully our organizations and including Alex will just continue to bring more assets and remind the community to be abundance-minded and help first. So there's occasion when we see people on there who lose that site. And it's not about the conversion to a professional implemented scenario. That could be an outcome, but that's not why we're doing it. We've got abundance-minded and help first. And I think we'll find our way there just to continue to build an exciting community there, which is just a facet of the overall community. Right. It's just one place it. that we're doing it and hopefully we can do it even better. I love it. And our core value, one of our main first core values, help first. And that is what U.S. implementers are here to do, whether you're working with them or not. And we have so many resources and there's so many different paths of getting of achieving U.S. mastery, just understanding where you are in the process. I'd call this sentiment compassionate orientation. Without understanding where you are in space, it's hard to know how far you've come and where you need to go next. Taking inventory and making time for loving self-reflection and true introspection is always transformative, especially with the help of others. Clarity gives us confidence and it helps us make better choices for ourselves, our businesses, and our teams.
The biggest game changer was the day I decided I only wanted to be in the visionary seat and I didn't want to be in the integrator seat and I shouldn't and don't belong anywhere near the integrator seat anyway. So that was a huge, that was probably the biggest game changer. And then we got a fractional integrator and then we got a full-time integrator and those just kept leveling us up. So purely just in terms of what was the biggest game changer, it was that. It was getting our accountability chart locked up from the top down. And then EOS Self-Implementers Unite was a pretty big game changer too, just because it created this community that has been so helpful to me personally, but to each other. For our business, I would say also getting a good handle on our scorecard has been really powerful. And I also really appreciate the processes the system that's in EOS for optimizing processes, core processes, and then making sure that they're documented, simplified, and followed by all, that's a really, it's, a, it's an elegant and powerful concept. And, and it's also one that you never get to the end. You just mm. know it. You're ne- it's, it stays. I don't know if this is true for all EOS operators, but it, it, is it your understanding? This is a free advice, Pam. Does that, that always stays on your It usually does. I mean, people right? can get clever and creative about it. And I have people feel like they, they actually see it and they get numb to it. And so they start to change it and, and make it a little bit more artful and interesting yeah. and make a point about how they want things to be a little bit shaped with process. But yeah, it's a never ending well, situation. It, it, here's how it's worked for us because we, we, it's always in our one year goals. And that means that there always has to be a rock supporting it. Good for you. Right? So there's constant energy and firepower going towards processes. And that's the only way to scale. It's all systems and you need them and you need good processes. The, the biggest game changers for me have been organizational. So EOS, strategic coach, EO, I would say those are three big door openers. Each of those open the door to a lot of learning and opportunity and relationships. And any one of those by itself would have been amazing. But for me, each time I dove into one of those, it was just like- Alex, it's interesting because you say that you're a cheap person, (laughs) but actually you're an investor. I know that there's a difference between frugality and this idea of investment. But what you just talked about, strategic coach, these aren't cheap things, EO, but clearly they are paying dividends. So like there's an ROI there that you're not, Mm. you've calculated or not calculated. This is not coming from a cheap person. It's real money. Yeah, I was thinking about what the, 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 it's a fine line between frugality and investment, right? It is. They're right there. Right well, you're squeezing the most out of all of it. And then you created this entire group that's basically about free self-help and socializing issues. <laughs> it's brilliant. Honestly, <laughs> totally brilliant. <laughs> if only you knew, Pam. If only you knew just how dumb I really am. <laughs> You'd be no, no, amazed no. what we're even having. Takes one to know one. <laughs> Alex. Thank you so much for being a part of this world of running on EOS and and sharing your story. It's unbelievable. And I already miss you. I feel like we're going to have to be pen pals. So thank you. Any lasting advice or thoughts for our audience? Um, Just thank you. And we're totally going to be besties from now on. And (laughs) yeah, no, this was awesome. And I really, I'm not blowing smoke. EOS has been totally game changing. I have no clue where I would be without it. And it has just totally 
revolutionized my business and made it a lot less stressful. So please tell the people around you, I thank them and I thank you, Pam. That sounds amazing. Thanks for this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Do you know what else is fun? Getting to engage with other EOS fans and self-implementers. Our Strong in Six campaign runs from September through November and dives deep into each key component. And we're giving it away. More education, more workshops, and more resources. There's something for everyone from EOS pros to EOS curious. And as a special bonus, Chris and 90 are exclusive sponsors of the new EOS Self-Implementer Workshop on Friday, November 10th. It's dedicated to helping you discover where you are with EOS, answer your burning questions, and help you get even more out of the system. And that's a wrap on season one of We Run on EOS. I have had so much fun recording late at night with my staff. We Run on EOS is available on all major podcast platforms, but you know that by now. Please follow us so you don't miss another episode. We are coming back for season two. Trust me, I cannot wait. You can learn more about all things EOS at eosworldwide.com. I'm your host, Pam Kosanke, signing off, and thanks for listening. The entrepreneurs behind the entrepreneurs, EOS implementers help business owners get everything they want from their businesses. Request a free 90-minute meeting with an EOS implementer to learn how they can help you on your journey towards EOS mastery and living your ideal life, your EOS life. Visit eosworldwide.com to get started.